0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Hand to the Podcast, a podcast by Redskins fans, for Redskins fans, for those of us who have been handling through the thick and thin. I am your host, Andrew Alex, a sports reporter here at ESPN Radio in Blacksburg, uh, amongst some other gigs. And we are, you know, we've put that Colts loss behind us, I guess, and it is time to start talking about the Packers. And I am very happy to have a special guest from the Pack-A-Day podcast, Tyler and I'm going to give you the opportunity to pronounce your last name for everyone else because I don't
1: want to butcher it. Uh, Tyler, it's really not as bad as it seems. It's really not. It's Grezegorick. Don't be intimidated by it. Grezegorick. Like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. I can do grezegoric. Uh But yeah, Tyler,
0: a, uh, a podcaster on the Packers as well as a Packers fan. So uh, he is here to give us all the inside scoop on Aaron Rodgers and his team as they come into FedEx field here for a week three matchup with your very
1: own Washington Redskins. Tyler, how you doing today, man? I am fantastic. Um, I was talking with you off the air, uh, just going through some All-22, you know, kind of wait for Tuesday, and then as soon as the Tuesday hits, it's a grind. So uh, just been grinding through some All-22. I've actually been watching the Colts and Redskins game. So uh, very excited to be on here, though. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, And Tyler and I, we talked Colts last week. He also reports on the Colts, so I made an appearance on his podcast, and I am happy that he is here on Hail to the Podcast. So let's get right into it, Tyler. Uh, The Packers, obviously one of the NFL's historic franchises, and they have been since basically since Brett Favre took over at QB. They've been had a pretty solid like 25-year streak of success, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is, you know, for uh, a Redskins fan, it's something to be incredibly, incredibly jealous of. But uh, so the Packers... NSC Championship game back in 2016. Last year, they got to really experience what life was like without Aaron Rodgers. A 4-1 and one start with Rodgers. He gets hurt week 6. The team finishes 3-8. and eight. Uh, Talk about the difference that Aaron Rodgers makes. I mean, it's probably hard to describe in words, but talk about the difference that Aaron Rodgers makes with this Green Bay team.
1: He makes all the difference. Uh, when he's not on the field, this team is completely different. He He literally... Uh, I actually wrote an article about this a couple weeks ago after the, after they had that miraculous comeback against Chicago on Sunday night. The amount of hope that he just emanates on the field is just it's insane. And when he's not on the field is a completely different football team. They change schematically the the energy is lower. You know, there's just a lot of obvious impacts that Rogers has when he is on the field and when he's not on the field. So just to have him back this year fan base is incredibly excited for as they should be for the season with him under the helm yeah, and, and you know, like
0: you said, a little bit of a scare in week one. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt against the Bears. He gets carted off the field. The backup, Deshaun Kaiser of, of Cleveland Browns uh, infamy, comes in, throws a pick, and, and for Packers fans, it's like you got the wind taken out of you. Rodgers comes back, leads a miraculous comeback. There's still questions going into week two when the Packers took on the Vikings. Rodgers ultimately played. What did you see from him in the Week 2 tie against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings?
1: Well, to no surprise, he was a little bit less mobile than we're used to seeing him. Uh, But, you know, he was able to manage the pocket, you know, climb the pocket, escape the pocket, do whatever he needed to do to stay upright. He didn't really seem too hampered by the knee. You know, when you look at the film... You can see that schematically McCarthy and Philbin, uh, Philbin being the offensive coordinator, you know, they had they had some quick plays uh, or quick passes, excuse me, you know, dialed up and ready for Rodgers just to get the ball out of his hand. Uh, Jamal Williams, the running back, he has been fantastic in pass protection thus far in 2018. And just the little things like that are what the Packers are doing, at least in one game. We'll see what it's like going into the second week here, but in one game, you could see the obvious impact that the knee had, not only on Rodgers, but on the play calling and some of the assignments that the Packers' offense had. Just to get it out of the way, right? The Packers didn't practice today. I don't know
0: for what reason they didn't practice today, but it was said that had they practiced, Aaron Rodgers would not have participated. He voiced that he's a little worried that his knee might get worse. Despite all that, Do you think there's any chance, any chance
1: that Aaron Rodgers isn't taking the first snap on Sunday? (laughs) No. And uh, it's actually been since reported that Bleacher Report kind of blew that out of the water, as they usually do. Sorry if anybody's listening is a fan of Bleacher Report. But they kind of took a comment and they ran with it, and uh, it was kind of blown out of proportion. Um, There was a reporter who had an actual interview with Rodgers, and you can see the actual comment and – the comment was something along the lines of, "Well, obviously, there's always a chance that the knee injury could become something could become something more serious." But he said they're still taking it week to week, and you know they're gonna monitor as they go. But in no way was there genuine concern that he was not gonna be playing this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, just uh, you just
0: had to ask. Just had to ask. <laughs> uh, I'm sure yeah, no, no I one, one <laughs> is excited, and it's it was a joke I made uh, made on Twitter the other day after after the week one when. He was, you know, once again questionable for the game against the Vikings. Mm -hmm. I I tweeted out, I was like, hey, Aaron, take it easy, man. Take two weeks off. Take two weeks off. You don't want to mess with that knee. But uh, moving on from Aaron Rodgers from the passing game for now, Uh, the running game for the Packers, not something that they're necessarily known for, even in all the years that they've had such great success with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. So far this year... Jamal Williams, the fourth-round pick uh, from 2017, is the getting the real bulk of the carries. And he, he's averaging about 3.5 yards per carry. Not great, not terrible, right? Aaron Jones now. Aaron Jones, the fifth-round pick from 2017, who was suspended for the first two games of this year, And a guy who had some pretty good success in his rookie campaign and that was shortened by injury, five and a half yards per carry in the 2017 season, he returns. What role do you expect Jones to play in this offense? And how do you think the the
1: running game and and the split of the carries will be uh, changed
0: by his reemergence out of this Packers team?
1: Man, I feel like I'm reliving the entire Packers offseason right now. But Aaron Jones is a guy who's going to come in, and he is incredibly dynamic. He is the most dynamic running back on this football team. Uh, Ty Montgomery is also in that mix. Uh, Coach McCarthy... Uh, head coach Mike McCarthy has come out and said that the starting running back is going to be a pretty even split or share between Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. Uh, Jamal Williams has been the better of the two in pass protection. Jamal Williams is also known as the battering ram of this group and he is the guy that comes in on the short yardage situations and that's probably why you see that that yard per carry a little bit lower than some of these other running backs. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to see from Aaron Jones this week. I feel like he's going to be eased back into the offense. Uh, you know, he was injured during the preseason and training camp for, for a good part of it. He didn't play much in the preseason either. I feel like he's just going to be kind of eased back into it. But, man, if they can if they can get these this three-headed monster at running back going and they can keep the pressure off of Rodgers, it's just going to do so much more for this offense and for this team. All right, now moving back to the receiving options now.
0: Jordy Nelson, the staple of this Packers receiving core for the better part of the uh, second second decade of the 21st century, he Mm -hmm. is gone. Jimmy Graham comes in, Randall Cobb, a name who people who have watched the Packers for a while are going to recognize because he's been with them forever. He's still there. Devontae Adams has emerged as a great receiver. Geronimo Allison as well will be playing out wide. How confident are you in this Packers receivers? And uh, where do you think it ranks amongst the uh, receiving cores in the NFL? Well,
1: if you had asked me how I felt about this receiving core a few weeks ago, I'd have been like, "Ah, I don't know, maybe we should pump the brakes on him a little bit. But Geronimo Allison, the first two weeks of the season, has really come out on fire. He's got 11 catches uh, through two games, a little over 120 yards, I believe. You know, He's just kind of doing the dirty work underneath for this Packers offense. Devontae Adams is still Devontae Adams. And then you've got Randall Cobb, who is still making plays at 29 years old. So this receiving group is not really losing a step from losing Jordy Nelson, uh, and then you factor in the behemoth that is Jimmy Graham, and the, the impact of losing Jordy Nelson has really been minimal, uh, and I feel pretty good about this group moving forward.
0: Yeah, no, and and the Graham to Rogers connection, I, I mean, you just look at that on paper and, and the kind of player that Jimmy Graham is, the way that he can create separation combined with the way that Rogers can, you know, scramble, make plays for himself. That seems like something that is going to be a uh, something that all the NFL
1: teams that play the Packers this year are going to have to worry about going into Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this offense in general is just full of mismatches. When you start talking about the running backs out of the backfield, all things Three of them are pretty good at catching the ball out of the backfield. Ty Montgomery, obviously being a former receiver, he's the best out of that group. But then you move into the receiving core, you know, you're going to have to play Devontae Adams one-on-one, Randall Cobb one-on-one, if Geronimo Allison could start winning his one-on-one matchups, that's just going to be a dangerous group. And then you put da- uh, Jimmy Graham in there, you know, there's already questions. How do you cover him? Do you cover him with a tight end? Who's going to outrun? Do you cover him with a corner? Who's just going to out jump? You know, it's – you look at the group and there's so many mismatches that – Rogers, you know, we talked about it in Green Bay that this offense could be in for a historic year, just the way that it's built. And I simply don't know how you defend this group sometimes, you know, and Jimmy Graham is just going to add a whole other dimension that this team hasn't had since they lost your Michael Finley a few years ago.
0: Now, moving on to the offensive line real quick. The Packers, they have a a solid combo on the outside with the tackles David Bakari. I can't even pronounce that. And uh, Brian Beluga. Uh, on the inside, not as good. How confident are you in this offensive line's ability to, to protect, protect an Aaron Rodgers who, because of the knee injury, may not be as mobile?
1: Yeah, so Bakhtiari and Bulaga, uh, they are... In my opinion, one of the top three, if not the best tackle tandems in the entire NFL. Uh, when Bulaga is healthy, uh, he, he recently came up with a torn ACL, and that reared its ugly head when the Bears played uh, in Green Bay, and Khalil Mack kind of had a, a field day there. But he's been a lot better since then, and they – not – necessarily nullified the Vikings pass rush but they definitely were able to suppress it a little bit and Bakhtiari is the best tackle the best left tackle in all of the NFL I I don't care who else you throw up against him he, he, he consistently shuts guys down day to day and these guys are going to keep Rogers upright. They did a fine job against a very potent Vikings pass rush last week, and I fully expect them to do the same. The interior of the line is a little bit more questionable. Corey Lindsley has been above average at the center position, and then you start talking about Lane Taylor, a guy who's been fighting for his, probably for his spot on the starting lineup. Um, ever since he got into the league. And then you got Justin McRae who kind of emerged as a undrafted free agent and has worked his way to a starting guard, starting spot at the right guard. And these guys are, they work well together. And there's a lot of, there's a good mix of veteran and youth along there. So uh, I, um, I don't have a lot of, you know, qualms or problems with them being able to keep Aaron Rodgers healthy. All righty. Now staying in the trenches,
0: but moving on to the other side of the ball, uh, the Packers, something I noticed, uh, and it was more pointed out to me than I noticed, but fair enough. Uh, the <laughs> Packers, they don't blitz all that much using, like, crazy linebacker blitz packages. They stay with the more traditional four-man front using the defensive tackles, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, and Muhammad Wilkerson, as well as edge rusher Clay Matthews. Who of course, y'all know Clay Matthews. I hope you know Clay Matthews if you're listening to this podcast. He is an absolute animal. He has been on the Packers for a while. Maybe not the same player that he was, you know. 5 6 years ago still a very formidable player how confident are you in this four man front
1: to you know be able to get to the quarterback as well as stuff the run well the strength of this defense is to stop the run it's built to stop the run when you when you start talking about Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels the dynamic duo on the inside they they bring in Muhammad Wilkerson this offseason. to add that that dynamic as a pass-rushing defensive lineman. So that's why you don't see a lot of blitzes. I believe Patton, the new defensive coordinator in Green Bay, has a lot of faith in these guys to get to the quarterback. And then, you know, you've got Nick Perry on the other side as well. So it's Nick Perry and Clay Matthews. They kind of uh, not necessarily alternate, but, you know, they both share pass-rushing duties. Um, You know, Clay Matthews will drop off into coverage a couple of times here and there, but they they pretty much share the pass rushing duties. So you're looking at a four to five man front and then dropping everybody else in coverage. And it's really interesting because the first couple of games, uh, Patton has come out and played six or seven defensive backs. Way more frequently than you're seeing across the NFL. You know he's throwing he's throwing the two rookies out there, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson. You know the Packers are a little thin at linebacker right now due to some injuries. You know Jake Ryan uh, went down with an ACL injury early in preseason, and then Warren Burks has been fighting a shoulder injury that he sustained in the preseason. So those are two guys that this this linebacking core is missing, and Patton has supplemented the defense to account for those injuries by just putting way more talent to defensive backs on the field. You yeah, know, and uh, for a Redskins offensive line,
0: right, that, you know, I we talked last week and I said I think this offensive line is amongst the better in the NFL, you know, top five mm-hmm. to ten. The Colts come into FedEx Field on Sunday and now granted that there were periods of time when Brandon Sheriff and Trent Williams the Packers not the Packers the Redskins two best offensive linemen by a large margin were both off the field for extended periods of time but the Colts were just getting a push up mm-hmm. front and just you know not giving Alex Smith a lot of time looking at the, these defensive linemen for the Green Bay Packers
1: how much should the Redskins be scared of a repeat performance Honestly, there's gonna be a lot of interior pressure and it's uh, you know, Mike Patton is He is a guy who's gonna change his game plan from week to week So we could see something completely different than what we've seen the first two weeks of the season You know, he likes to bring some exotic blitzes off the edges. He's been blitzing uh, Jair Alexander from the slot Josh Jackson from the slot He's been blitzing some of these defensive backs from the side and dropping off those edge rushers into coverage You know looking at this defense the strength of it is right there in that front seven with blake martinez and kind of cleaning stuff up behind kenny clark and mike daniels and you could see possibly another another repeat performance from clark and daniels and wilkerson uh those those three are an incredibly formidable front so i don't know how worried i'd be and i don't know what the extent of sheriff's injury is but we'll have to see on sunday so it, it's going to be uh, something to watch for sure now moving on to the
0: defensive backs uh tremon williams is the veteran in this corner group that features kevin king i know he's uh his health is questionable as well mm-hmm. as the two rookies jair alexander and josh jackson as you mentioned uh so three very young guys manning the, the cornerback position for the packers what have these guys shown you and, and how confident are you in their ability to prevent the big play
1: I'm very confident in their ability. The Packers gave up really one big play against the Vikings, an offense that's supposed to be pretty dynamic this year with Kirk Cousins at the helm. They only gave up one big play, and that was after Kevin King sustained his injury to his groin. And... they put in veteran Devon House which when you go and talk to Packers Twitter this is one of the most perplexing moves that we've seen thus far this season you know they put Devon House a guy who's definitely not known for his speed against Stephon Diggs on an island in cover one and the safety over the top was not particularly playing the play intelligently and Devon House clearly got beat just because he wasn't fast enough and that's really the only true big play we've seen from this defense like giving up this year most of it's been nickel and diming underneath um you know there hasn't really been issue with like tackling or anything like that so they've been pretty good this year Uh, i mean they shut down that bears offense but mr bisky's not exactly what people thought he was going to be coming into this year but they've been able to shut down these offenses they shut down the vikings until the fourth quarter who then go out and put 22 points up but for the most part, this defense has played pretty well and kept the kept the play in front of them and not allowed any big plays. So I know you've watched two games of the Redskins, or at least the, the shortened game of
0: the first one as well as the Colts game, and of course you've seen two games of the Packers. If you were Jay Gruden right now, what would... Have you seen both from what the Bears and the Vikings did as well as the strength of the Redskins' offense? How would you plan to beat the Green Bay Packers? How would you expose them offensively and defensively?
1: So uh, on defense, I'll just start there because that's what I have at the forefront. Uh, I'm looking at this linebacking group, and currently it's headed by Blake Martinez, who is very, very serviceable starting linebacker. And Antonio Morrison, who the Packers actually acquired from the Colts at the end of the preseason. Um, I believe that they can be exploited by Chris Thompson, uh, definitely out of the backfield if Oren Burks Is not healthy For this game That could cause Significant problems For this Packers defense uh, The other The other thing I would look at Is the safety play uh, Haha Clinton Dix Has not necessarily Been A first round talent Like we all thought He would be He seems hesitant Out there He He doesn't seem like he's playing at full speed Kentrell Bryce has had some hesitant moments you know there was a big play in the game against Minnesota where he definitely should have made the play but he let up for whatever reason and it ended up being the game tying touchdown which was sending the game into overtime you know so I would attack these safeties uh, you know I would attack the safeties and I would maybe try to take advantage of the lack of speed at linebacker without without Oren Burks excuse me And then moving to the offense, though. Sorry, I'll just move on to the offense then. Um, On offense, I think it's quite obvious you're going to want to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, force him to try and leave the pocket. Uh, The receivers are probably going to give – you know, I actually really liked what I saw from Fabian Moreau and Quinton Dunbar and Josh Norman, all three of them. So I feel like the Redskins are just going to man up, and the key is going to be DJ Swearinger. I think that's gonna be the key. You know, I believe there will be a lot of pressure put on Rogers via a blitz and the pass rush and then I think D J Swearinger is the guy that the that Rogers has the key on in the back end.
0: Yeah, and that's absolutely right. And, you know, it almost goes without saying that in a game against Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be your, you know, you're going to have to rely heavily on your secondary. And the Redskins Mm -hmm. secondary, I mean, they've had good moments and they have had bad moments in these first two games of the season. Now, granted, they played Sam Bradford in the first game, but still after two games, they have the number one pass defense in the NFL. Now, Mm. for... You know Quentin Dunbar and and Josh Norman. A lot of the weight is going to fall on them, as well as like you're saying, the ability of the edge rushers. And for a guy in Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith, the two like outside edge rushers for the Washington Redskins, they've been pretty much non-factors in these two games. So for me, mm-hmm. I, I look at those guys and I say there is going to be a lot of pressure on them to get it done. Now, like moving on here, it, it's we're, we're almost you know ready to call it quits, but. What's your prediction, Sunday afternoon, FedEx Field? Mm-hmm. The Packers three-point favorites. Do you think right. they'll be able to uh, hold on to that to that uh, favorite
1: and, and take home win number two and stay undefeated with two wins in one tie? <laughs> yes, please don't remind me about the tie. Um, but yes, yes, I do actually feel like uh, at this point, from what I've seen, Green Bay is the better football team, and it's going to be. You know, I said this about Green Bay going into the game against Chicago their worst opponent is going to be themselves. If Green Bay is going to lose this game, it's because they're going to make silly mistakes, whether it's in coverage, you know, not communicating, or not communicating along the offensive line and picking up these blitzes, which I'm sure we'll see, you know, communication is going to be key. So if, if the Redskins can mess that up and force Green Bay into some mistakes then they're gonna have a good chance to win this football game yeah I, I can I, I agree I agree
0: unfortunately I look at this Green Bay team as a team that has offensively done very well against two definitely an elite defense in in Minnesota mm-hmm. and, and a pretty uh, a pretty stellar defense featuring the best defensive player in the NFL in Khalil Mack and the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears. They come out of those two games without a loss. Granted, I don't think the Redskins are as bad as they showed on Sunday. I think that, that they were just mm-hmm. you know outcoached, and, and Frank Reich found something in that Redskins defense, and the offense was just unable to get going and, and unfortunately choked at the wrong times, mostly in the red zone and had to be settled field goals. I think the Redskins keep it close, but... Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, 28-21 Green Bay final score. Uh, it, it's, yeah, I think it, that's it, pretty fair. It's tough to beat Aaron Rodgers, but granted, and I'm sure you remember this, back in 2016, Rob Kelly 200 rushing yards on Sunday Night Football against Green Bay, and the, the Redskins just blew the Packers out of the water in a game that really nobody expected them to win in a year. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, what happened after that? the Packers ended up winning every single game from that point until the yeah, until the NFC championship game. So you can beat Rodgers, but it is mm-hmm. not easy. But Tyler, if if my listeners want to hear more from you, where should they go?
1: yeah so you can find me and everything i do on twitter uh that's at tyler underscore grez t-y-l-e-r underscore g-r-e-z i'm on the pack a day podcast Uh, i'm on the brew podcast that's packers and colts respectively i write for nflanalysisnetwork.com for both the packers and the colts so you can find all my stuff on twitter i post all the links but uh yeah just uh make sure to check it out all right
0: well tyler my man i appreciate you coming on now folks remember we are hail to the podcast we are on everywhere where podcasts are found if you like what you're listening to subscribe subscribe and go tell actually just pull out your phone and text all the redskins fans you know that there is a good podcast called hail the podcast if you think they would be interested which you know I'm not saying they necessarily would be, but give it a shot. Spread the love. Uh, So I am Andrew Alex. We will come back on Monday or Tuesday with a full recap of everything that happened between the Packers and the Redskins. Uh, So we will talk to you then. Until then, hail to the Redskins.